0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the eve of some tough European ties for Celtic and Rangers. And Postacoglu will have to take on Real Betis without Captain Callum McGregor as well as Lee Labada and Greg Taylor. Stephen Gerrard confirms Philippe Hollander is facing a lengthy spell on the sidelines, but Connor Goldson is available for Leon. And Callum Davidson says he likes the sound of this five club led SPFL review. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Stephen McGowan and Fraser Wisher. Fraser, uh, an exciting but chaotic midweek ahead by the looks of it. Yeah, by the looks of it. And uh, we've all enjoyed in the recent years good runs by Celtic and, and Rangers in, in the last couple in Europe. And hopefully they will both do well. But uh, you're looking at the two teams and you're looking at who they're playing. And Celtic have got a tough one. Real Betis away. And people with the strongest squad's a tough one, but mm. with the number of injuries and players they've got missing, I think they're in for a tough night. Europa League's been uh, it's been good for Celtic and Rangers, but I think you have to say at the moment, injury and COVID nineteen less so. Absolutely. Difficult times indeed. Pick up that phone. Let us know what's on your mind. 01419511025. We are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. And it's never quiet in Scottish football. Steve McGowan and Fraser Wishup know that more than anyone. And uh Stephen, just when you Thought you perhaps hadn't read about the gov- uh, written about the governance of the SPFL in the last two weeks, maybe uh, that sort of stuff's going to raise its head again. I think it's been brewing for a while. There's been a, an alliance, a bond between the American owners of Aberdeen, Hibs, Dundee United, and Dundee. So I think it was just how that was going to manifest itself. They're now calling for an independent review. Hearts are joining them. The interesting question will be how far this goes. If they can't come up with proposals which all the clubs can buy into. When does the word breakaway raise its head? Absolutely And Fraser Wishart All stakeholders will be consulted They say So that may well come across your desk Very soon <laughs> It'd be interesting It'd be a first if they spoke to me Oh well okay I thought you were so. very important I, I am But I, I'm, I'm being facetious <laughs> But uh, I would hope I'd hope players' views Were taken into consideration Absolutely It is their job yeah, We'll maybe get to that A bit later on 01419511025 A huge midweek Of European action This time tomorrow We'll be 20 minutes in To Real Betis Against Celtic So Celtic fans This is your last chance To pick your team I've not got great news on the <laughs> availability front I wish I did um, It's looking fairly difficult on that front So pick your team How do you get around it? Let's be hypothetical here Ange Postacoglu picks up the phone to you Asks for your advice What are you telling him? And how much has the absence of these guys Dented your confidence, your optimism Ahead of tomorrow Rangers fans, how big a blow it is the news That you were fearing Philippe Pilander Facing certainly a couple of months out on the sidelines Following that knee injury at the weekend how big a blow is that? Conor Goldson is back though. How big a boost? And uh, what team would you pick for tomorrow as well? Some noticeable absentees in the Leon squad as well. So lots to get through. 01419511025. Pick up that phone right now and let us know what's on your mind. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB. But we always do like the return of the group stages. So for the first time this season, let's do this. Europa League coverage with ScrapCarScotland.com Head online to get an instant valuation of your old car Alison Conroy is out in Seville with Celtic Keeping an eye on everything that's happening in the build-up And of course heading along to that game tomorrow Alison, how's it going? Good evening from Seville It's great now, the sun is shining I'm looking out at blue skies I did get caught in an absolute monsoon 
earlier as well. The Celtic fans have travelled here. Of course, no away fans allowed in the ground, but there are plenty of Celtic fans here as Celtic returns to Seville for the first time since that UEFA Cup final way back in 2003. Now, the big news today for Celtic is that captain Callum McGregor won't play against Real Betis tomorrow night. He's out after picking up a knock. He, of course, came off during that win against Ross County at the weekend. Lilabada and Nir Beaton, they haven't travelled either as they're marking the Jewish holy day of Yom Kippur. Anthony Ralston, who missed out at the weekend, he will be back. But Greg Taylor, who was taken off at the weekend, he needs shoulder surgery after a recurrence of that injury. So he's missing. And James Forrest, still not back. Ange Postacoglu, saying he's around seven to ten days away from returning to full training. That's all on top of the fact that Kyogo Furuhashi is already out with that knee injury. Now, I spoke to manager Ange Postacoglu earlier, and he's confident that they will still cope. Cal's got a bit of a, a knock, so uh, he'll miss uh, he'll miss tomorrow. Anthony Ralston's back, so he's available, so we'll get him uh, back involved. And uh, Lee Alabado will miss tomorrow night uh, as well because of uh, Yom Kippur. So obviously, a fairly significant religious day for him. So um, so he'll miss out tomorrow night. In terms of Callum being missing, how big a blow is that for you to lose your captain for this game? Yeah, I mean it's it's not great. I mean you, you obviously he's a very influential player uh, for us, but. Yeah, we go through a period like that at the moment where we're getting some significant outs. But again, I mean, it's it's kind of been the state of play since I've got here. We've sort of been in a constant state of flux, not being able to settle. But again, that's, you know, I see that as an opportunity for us to just build resilience through this period. Uh, clearly not ideal preparation, Alison Cornroy. What else was on his mind? Well, he spoke obviously about the fact that it is Celtic's return to Seville after that game way back in 2003, 18 years ago. As I said, the fans have turned out. Some of them had bought tickets to travel before they found out that they couldn't get into the ground. I spoke to a few of them today and they are trying everything, as you can imagine, to try and get a ticket for the stadium. But they're quite happy just to be back here now. He's challenging Ange Postacoglu, he's challenging his Celtic team to show the resilience tomorrow night when they face Real Betis because the likes of Callum McGregor is out. Obviously um, Real Betis, they're back in Europe for the first time since the 2018-19 season. They finished 6th in the Liga last season under Manuel Pellegrini. So Ange Postacoglu says, yes they're back in Seville, there is the memories of that UEFA Cup final but they want to make their own bit of history. There's a historical significance with us uh, going back to Seville, and um, yeah, it's an opportunity for us to test ourselves against a you know very good side um, um, away from home, and you know it's it's what we were, I guess we were so pleased to get into sort of this group stage because we knew that uh, we'd get some pretty exciting fixtures to be involved in, and um, you know we're looking forward to it. You've just got to go in there with the view of you know trying to have an impact and, and and by that I mean you know can we play our football against some quality opposition home and away and test our resolve to to be the kind of football team that we're starting to show we want to be and we're not there yet so um that's that's the exciting thing and and you know you get involved in some you know like I said some some special nights hopefully Thank you very much to Alison. Keep your eye out on our social media feeds at Clyde SSB. You'll see lots of coverage from over there in Seville. And of course, building up to the game tomorrow, then the post-match reaction to follow. It's uh, 01419511025. Celtic fans, what do you make of that injury news? It's not often you go into a game without Callum McGregor. He's always there. He always plays. So how big a blow is that? No Leal Abada, 
No Greg Taylor for the foreseeable as well So you need to pick your team for tomorrow Because by this time tomorrow When we come on air The game will have kicked off 5.45 our time So this is your last chance How are you going to fix it? Does Soro come in? Does McCarthy come in? What about left back? Does Juranovic move over there? Adam Montgomery Does he play? All of your solutions Get them in right now please 0141 951 Rangers fans We will do the same uh, When we hear from Stephen Gerrard Very soon um, A less than ideal preparation Stephen I think we can call it that I remember when uh, the, the window closed And a Celtic put out a statement Almost seemed a bit self-congratulatory Seemed to be saying We're very pleased with the business we did Suddenly it doesn't look quite Such a good window um, You know when you're signing A dozen players It suggests that That's not ideal in the first place What you have to do in one window Ideally you'd only be adding Two or three But Celtic give it a, a window of flux And I think there was always A concern in central midfield At left back Possibly even up front They were going to be left Just a bit light And that's the way it looks tonight as you said, left-back, could we see Liam Scales possibly come mm. into the frame? That's another name hasn't really been mentioned. Josip Juranovic can move over. Adam Montgomery can come in, but none of those are perfect solutions. Central midfield, I think, as you said, Gordon, if there's ever a time for McCarthy to come in and actually start justifying that four-year contract, this is it. I mean, Fraser, Celtic's rebuild was... It was always going to be difficult. Can, can you do that in one window ever? Probably not. Um, but... You need a little bit of luck along the way as well You need things to go in your favour And to get into your opening group stage game With no experience left back Without your captain Your new striker To replace your main striker Who was yeah. Odson Edward yeah. He he, um, He's not ready yet Your other main striker Furuhashi's injured So it's um, It's a tough old build up this one Yeah I mean I think we discussed on this show um, Teen times towards the end of last season About the rebuilding job Celtic would have And, and numbers like 12 and 14 players were mentioned The uncertainty over Christie and Edward And as always with these transfers It goes to the goes to the, the, the last day You always had the lone players who were going to go back From Duffy and Eli Nussi and a whole host of others So you know, it was so thin and we saw that And I think Celtic did sign a lot of good players You know most of the signings you're looking at I'm thinking yeah they're going to add mm. to it But what this points out is Three or four injuries and all of a sudden There's a lack of depth there But the plus side is, like it's a Welsh and Montgomery and Ralston, these guys are going to get more more game time. And I think Montgomery might play a part tomorrow, maybe mm-hmm. wide the left of midfield. Mm-hmm. But it's a bit of a test for Ange Postacoglu because he wants to play this really all-action, exciting, attacking style, and that's brilliant. But you're away to Betis, you've not got the players there. Who, who does he play wide? He's got Jota, he's got Ayeti up front. Where else can he play Turnbull and Rogic in the same team away from home? Mm-hmm. Can he go with this sort of 4-1-2-3 formation? I don't think so So he might just go with a five Across the midfield With Jota and Montgomery wide Short up the midfield With Sorrow and McCarthy Play either Turnbull or Rogic Off the striker And, and try and get a point A point would be great For Celtic tomorrow mm. Even with their strongest team So uh, interesting to see The team selection This time tomorrow Right so one four one nine five one one zero two five On the phones Let's go to Kevin Who is a Celtic fan To kick things off It's a, it's a pretty tough Injury list To overcome Kevin Isn't it? Yeah definitely um, Tomorrow I think McCarthy has to come in. He's experienced European football. Uh, and Montgomery, he shows his qualities as well. So he does. Um, it's, a, it's a big blow for McGregor to be out. I've had Addy as well. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, near Beatman as well, I would imagine. Um, but let's just go enjoy it. Thanks a all. Yeah, well, I'm sure that that will be the the message. Um, I think the nature of them, Stephen. You know, you talk about. I mean, Callum McGregor is he's always there. He's always available, and all of a sudden he's not. 
Then this is all coinciding with Leela Bada and with his religious commitments, which you know absolutely fine. That's 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 to be respected. But for all of this sort of stuff to happen at once is it's difficult for for Ange Postecoglou. So early on in his era, and by the way, in a fixture that would have been tough anyway, had Celtic been yeah. full, full full strength. He just, he just hasn't been able to get a settled team. It's just been a constant state of flux, and every time you're looking for things to to settle down, your chief executive goes. Your players start falling like ninepins. And I think Callum McGregor's such a big loss because there's been a lot of talk about Kyogo Furuhashi, quite rightly, he's been exceptional, but Callum McGregor is the linchpin. I think he's been excellent as a captain as well. He's really grown into the, 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 the job. He's taken the responsibility, he appears to have grown, he appears to be enjoying his football again. So I think the rest of them, you could almost say, you know what, we'll, we'll improvise, but when you lose Callum McGregor, that sharp intake of breath stuff. But reiterating the point, and Kevin made it as well. This has to be James McCarthy time. He's an experienced international. Okay, he hasn't played for the Republic of Ireland for a few years now, but this is why you sign mm. him. If he can't come in now, when is he ever going to come in? He's played 45 minutes so far yeah. for Celtic. Fraser, across the, the Hearts, the Alkmaar and the Ross County games, pretty much about 15 minutes in each of them. Um, is that a big ask? Start him. I think he's experienced. Uh, You've you got to start him and see how long he can... It can last And then there is an element of match fitness these days But the game's changed dramatically in the last 10-15 years So sports science and all the technology that these, these, these guys have at their, at their, 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 their behest they, That just makes them fitter when they come back But there still will be a match fitness thing But I would start them mm. Start them in there with Sorrow And just hold the game And if he plays 60-65 minutes Keep Celtic in the game They might have to change it and bring somebody else on but, but you, you, you can't go into a game with so many players missing and not have an experienced player like James McCarthy. Just ask him to sit, sit in front of the back four, along with Sorrow, just knock the ball around, cover gaps, keep possession, use your experience, because he's played at the highest level mm. for so long. Um, I mean, Kevin mentions Adam Montgomery, who did very well against yeah. Alkmaar when he was pitched in there. That's when we first saw the Greg Taylor shoulder injury. And I think as soon as everyone saw it at the weekend, Stephen, it was it's pretty obvious. If that keeps happening, you're, you're going to need surgery to fix it. Celtic's decision If that's the right word To not sign a, another left back In the January window Is that because They've got so much faith In Adam Montgomery Or was it just a, a position You think they would have liked To have addressed But but couldn't get the right player Well they didn't get Bolly Bolly Golly out the window Didn't get him out the door I mean you already have Greg Taylor They get Bolly Bolly Golly Adam Montgomery How many left backs can you have? Okay you can say They're not To the standard That the fans would ideally like it's not a particularly great situation But I think there has to be an acceptance that To get players in You have to move some out as well They just have too many left backs If you mm. keep signing players all the time Then you never allow a gap Or some or some breathing space for these young players to develop mm. And Montgomery's coming in and done well I would, I would play Juranovic left back mm. Ralston right back And I'd play Mon yeah. Montgomery in front of him and I, just thought say, okay yeah, I thought he did okay at Ibox Fraser, I must it's, say, it's not yeah. a game you're going to look for him to, to drop a shoulder mm -hmm. Go down the byline whip him with his left mm -hmm. foot Which is weaker foot You're going to just want him to, to play in a defensive position Play Montgomery Let Montgomery do the running for an hour and a half Kevin the injury list that you've heard today does that What does that do to your confidence for tomorrow night? Yeah well there's the Abada, um, obviously Forrest. Um, mm. Yeah, there, few, there are a few. Does how how much tougher do you think it makes it? Just go and play, play your football. Just go and play your football. Um, they're going to enjoy it. The new signings are going to enjoy this because none of them, most of them, have no experience there. Yeah, it's good to be on that stage. I suppose. Thank you to Kevin. Let's bring in William and see. 
uh, what he makes of it. William, take it away. How you doing, guys? Good evening to you. I was watching uh, Betison Monday night there, and it's sort of a player similar style to Celtic. You know, the, the two wide, wide men and the, the two in the middle of the park, and uh, they, play for the, they, play, they like to play it for the back. Granada sort of I tried to stop them, play it for the back to play it long, you know. But they were playing with sort of a inverted wingers. Uh, the boy Teo and the boy Roger on the other side, they were playing inverted. So with inverted wingers, the newer inverted uh, uh, <laughs> uh, pullbacks. That's going to be busy. That's going to be a busy middle of the pitch. Is that what you're telling us, William? Uh, Inversion. I think uh, I think with the injuries, it's going to be tough. You know, they've got a great player in the middle of the park. Uh, the number eight as well. Uh, the captain, he looks a good player as well. You know, so I think they, they looked a wee bit when they lost the goal on Monday. They looked as if they had a wee bit of fragility about them. You know, I feel like. I thought they lost their way for about 10, 15 minutes, even though they, they looked as if they were going to win the game with the last kick of the ball. They look, uh, they look a real a real good side, you know, so I think Celtic will be up against it. You know, I, I would like to see, talk about Montgomery on the left. I think he commands the whole left-hand side like Tierney used to do. So it may be, he may be running into the space that Jotter wants to play in. So I don't know if Jotter may be play inside, you know. Uh, if he's going to play in the left, uh, obviously in the centre with McGregor being out, I think it'll probably be McCarthy, uh, maybe Sorrow as well, you know, so... Uh, how, big, how big a blow is the Callum McGregor one for you, William? I think it's massive, you know, because I think he's a quarterback, you know, he's the one that makes the, the midfield tick, you know, he's the one that, uh, that gets the ball, gets it after... Gets it after he does everything basically. He gets it after the defenders and, and starts the play, you know. So I think uh, for somebody to come in and do that, whether it be Sorrow or whether it be McCarthy, it's a big job to do, you know. I think I think uh, Turnbull would need to turn up, you know. I think he needs to turn up uh, and put in a great performance as well. It'll be interesting to see who starts on the right. Uh, I don't think, I don't know, I'm not sure if he would start uh, Rogic on the right hand side. I think maybe if he, he started Juranovic, maybe Juranovic in front of uh, Ralston maybe be an option, you know, but I don't know what the guys think of that. I think it depends, uh, William. You're, you're obviously going by um, Postacoglu keeping the, the, the same team, the same formation, sorry, you know, the sort of winning sitter, two attacking midfield players and three up front. And if he does that, then he could leave himself a bit wide open, I think, with the team that he's got. And I think you've identified the problem that... The, you know, you get Forrest and uh, Johnston, Kyogo, Abada, they can all play wide and none of them are, are fit enough to play. So who do you play? The square pegs and round holes? Or does he change the formation? I, I would go almost almost a 4-4-1-1, four, four, one, one, you know, and, and play with Jota mm-hmm. wide one side and Gunny wide the other, two sit midfield players and say, go and break us down. But um, that's why I'm not a manager, and just yeah. <laughs> We'll find out tomorrow night. We also keep getting told, Stephen, that the philosophy won't change. You know, that that's... That's always been the message. How big a test of that? Well, it's interesting. You know, you're talking about Turnbull, Rogic in the same midfield, and um, I think there's a feeling away from home that's not necessarily a formation that's going to work because the best of the really talented footballers, but they're not natural athletes in terms of they're not going to give you 90 minutes of solid running and tracking and pressing and so yeah I mean Sorrow offers you less control than Callum McGregor does that's the problem that's why again you come back to this James McCarthy thing he just gives you control he just gives you a bit of solidity in mm. there hopefully you would think um, but I think the one thing you would say is it's going to be a big night for Joe Hart 
because if you would say something about Joe Hart, he's 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 added a degree of confidence to the goalkeeping position I've not really had. Even one 0 up at the weekend, he pulled off a big save before Celtic went to two. And he just pulls off saves at key times and I think he's going to have to do that quite a few times tomorrow night. Thank you, William. Right, Rangers fans, we're about to hear from Stephen Gerrard. He thinks they can cope without Philippe Hillander. How big a blow is that to lose him for the next couple of months? Conor Goldson is back. How are you feeling ahead of this game against Leon? Pick up the phone right now and we could be speaking to you next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Fraser Wishartan Stephen McGowan are here We're on the eve of a huge night of Europa League action It's great to have the Europa League group stages back Real Betis, Celtic and Rangers Leon Both sides go in though uh, With some injury concerns Rangers do have a boost In the form of Conor Goldson being available But Philippe Hillander Is facing a lengthy spell On the sidelines Stephen Gerrard says They should be able to cope without him He admits it is a loss to the squad But believes they've got Appropriate cover He's a big player for us He's always been consistent um, And helped us Since he's come in the door So he will be a miss And a loss Um, But again It's the reason why It's always important To have uh, four centre-backs So you can cope When one's missing So in terms of How long he's going to be out for Difficult to put a time frame on it, but he'll certainly be missing for at least a few months. Even if I had the opportunity to bring Nico back, I wouldn't make that decision because uh, that would be very selfish from me because Nico's at a stage where he needs to play and play regularly now to get back to his level. So I think Nico's in the best place for that. Um, I'm confident we've got the right amount of cover, assuming we don't have any more issues. Obviously, Conor Golson comes back and is available uh, for tomorrow. Um, we've also got certain players that can fill in into this position as well, if if needs be. Um, so at the moment, it's obviously disappointing not to have Phil available, but we'll manage. Let's go to the phones and bring in John. How are you feeling ahead of tomorrow, John? Hollander, obviously a blow, but you must be boosted by the return of Conor Goldson. Well, good. Very much for having me on the show. Good evening, Fraser. I can't remember who else is on. It's Stephen McGowan. You're in good company. Good evening, John. Who said Joe Hart's a, a settler, by the way? I think he couldn't have kept the ball out against Rangers. You know what I mean? Before he sat cast a goalie. I thought I'd get my dig in there, that one. Ah, that's <laughs> fine. It's fine. He's <laughs> better than what they had, John. I think that's that's the sort <laughs> that's of... The point. That, that's, yeah, the that's the point. point. He, he brings confidence. I don't know who said it, but do you know what I mean? Mm. Just a pity he couldn't be against us. But tomorrow night, <laughs> listen, we're quite confident. You know I mean? Takes care of itself. European nights have been big for us. Because we've probably played our best football. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What, what, what about the personnel, John? How, how do you feel about Hillander being out for a, a few months? Well, I thought he'd bring back Nico, but obviously no. Hillander, we'll, we'll just need to go where he's go. Listen, we've suffered for COVID, and I think is what Scott uh, somebody aligning to. Everybody will suffer for COVID mm-hmm. as a period of time, so we're going to have to get through the season, whereas we're going to lose players at times, and we're just going to have to roll the sleeves up like Sunday. Do you know what I mean? How... No, I mean, Sunday we pulled out the bag, but didn't get much help with all the calling, no, I mean, and, and as an RB point, I've got a cracker for you. Didn't you know you play professional football, you don't have ball boys on the side of the park, and then you can't find a ball, and then you can find a bit dirty boys when you're getting beat 2-1. And that is just hilarious for me, that that's how poor Scottish football, they have no good ball boys. No, I mean <laughs> the scatter gun is well and truly out <laughs> from Joe Hart to Willie Collum to the St Johnson Ball Boys. Covid was mentioned. Um, that's just a lot of ground covered. Um, 
We'll leave the St Johnson ball boys out of it for nah, now yeah. Because I think every team in the world The ball boys get a bit more urgent when you're losing <laughs> that's, that's an old trick isn't it Managers okay. used to always say that to, yeah. to the ball Anyway right That's not one I expected um, In isolation Before we talk about who else is available And, and tomorrow and all the rest of it Philippe Palander Clearly one of Rangers mainstays at the back um, Had that very good record When he had, had an experienced defeat In a Rangers yeah. team And all the rest of it He's now out for a few months How yeah, big a blow it's, it's a blow And I think more In, in a European sense you know, Simpson's not in the squad As we know So there's there's only just Balligan and uh, Goldson As the regular centre-back Simpson, Simpson and Bassey I think could play domestically You know In some of the games So it's a, a bit of The kind of rotation But I, I seem to think that And somebody out there Might prove me wrong But did Balogun not play more games than in the, in the, in the Europa, Europa League, League yeah, in the last for sure. Yep. So, so in that sense, quite often, I think because of his pace, you know, Balogun's a bit quicker that he's turned to Balogun, especially when Rangers are maybe pressing the game and they're maybe two v two at the back, or there's going to be gaps at the back. So, so in a one-off game, listen, Balogun's an excellent player. It's, it's, it depends now if he picks up a knock, if Goldson picks up a knock, and it's about maybe resting one or two of them and for the domestic games as well. So Rangers can get through this, but it's not going to be easy with Simpson, who's uh, Who's, who's one of their four centre backs not in the in the UEFA squad? So the UEFA games are going to be problematic domestically. I think they can cope. Yeah, I mean, John, you mentioned there. You know, would they bring Nico Katic back? You then, I'm sure, whilst you were hanging on, heard Stephen Gerrard saying that that would be selfish to just bring him back and and take away all the benefits of his loan spell. Do you understand that? I do understand that, but you is what is the phrase that it said there? If they pick up one or more injury, then I think Stephen's going to be a bit more selfish. And bring him back because I don't think we have got enough cover. We need probably an extra one. It's all right saying I bring a young boy in, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think Stephen's got to be a bit selfish and bring him back because back. basically we can't afford Jack Simpson. I've not seen enough of Jack Simpson to really say it. I don't think he's strong enough. That's my personal opinion. I don't think we bullied again on Sunday, but we handled that. But I don't. I just feel that we probably need. Mm. I mean, other option, John, is they could go and get a free agent, go and pick up somebody, come in for a couple of months. I should try and fill the void a bit. But I mean, um, they can't bring Cadiz back until January. No, at the earliest, and that's only if it's in the deal between the two clubs. Was John Eustace up to these days? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that story they did every week, yeah. uh, and never really got <laughs> to see him. Um, domestically, then, is it a chance for Jack Simpson? Not tomorrow night, but will we see more of him? You would yeah. imagine because it's the one area. And as you mentioned, Balogun and Halander, there was a bit of a revolving door there. Goldson always played, so maybe we'll, we'll see more of Jack Simpson yeah, domestically. I, I think so. I mean, last year they, they didn't uh, have Katic because of that horrendous injury he had, so they, they kind of rotated the two around with Goldson. Goldson playing every week, and that might well continue where, where Balogun does get a rest from time to time, and uh, Abassi or, or particularly Simpson would come in domestic games. The, the, the problem is going to be the European ties. You know, If Balogun and, and Goldson are playing on a Saturday, one of them picks up an injury and they're playing away from home you know, against Sparta Prague, against Lyon or somebody like that, then that's that's a difficult one because then you are looking at Bassi who, who to me, his assets are going forward. You know, He's been brilliant as, a, as an attacking fullback. Can obviously play in there, but uh, yeah, that, that's going to be the problem when one, or, one of them picks up a knock on the Saturday and misses the mm. European tie. Are you confident for, for tomorrow, John? I mean, you're right in, in one sense. Rangers have produced some massive nights in Europe under Steven Gerrard and some big results. Um, the most recent big one, obviously, is the Malmo game, though, and that disappointment, I'm sure, still stings. Can you overcome that and, and get back to the sort of Porto, Benfica, Feyenoord type of performances? Gordon, Malmo's byway history... That was that was just a poor night, but the European ties that we have played, 
is big and we've enjoyed it We've had a great run in Europe Yeah but they're, they're by with in history as well you, you can't say only the bad ones are history But the good ones are worth drawing upon If the wee man turns up the more a night Him and the wee man turns up the more a night You've got an R record the more a night Because we man turns up having European games all the time And I think you know who I mean Do I have to spell his name out? Go on, give it, give it a go We Alfie turns up the more a night A-L-F-I-E Alfie, yeah he's, he's obviously been the big man for for, for this occasion Fraser He's enjoyed Europe His goal scoring record Speaks for itself Absolutely brilliant and I, and I think John did make the point earlier About the Rangers performances In Europe And uh, if they can get The performances That they had Over the last couple of years Then of course They've got a chance Of beating Leon mm. But they've they've just not been Firing all cylinders So far this season There's just been A wee spark missing I think one or two Of the key players Kent and Morelos Just not quite as sharp As they, as they, as they, they have been course there's a bit of time to go in the season and if they hit for top form then then Rangers have got every chance of getting something but it's going to be a tough one against Leon just Steven, looking at their players Stephen Gerrard's 50th European mm. game in charge tomorrow night they've won 25 drawn 16 they've only lost 8 so you can understand confidence very good record uh, thank you to John enjoy the game tomorrow let's bring in Brian who is a Rangers fan what's on your mind tonight Brian <laughs> Oh, the, Brian, the line's not great. Let's see if we can get um, producer Callum to, to clean that up. I don't know how he's going to do that. I don't know if he's some sort of magician, but we'll try uh, and see what we can do. Let's hear a bit from Stephen Gerrard whilst we wait. He does think Leon could be the best team Rangers have faced in Europe since he took charge. He knows they will need to be at the top of their game, but believes they can have confidence in their own ability. I think arguably the best. Um, I think it's you know a full strength Leon. Uh, as I said earlier, in my opinion, very much a Champions League team with Champions League calibre players. Uh, they've got a manager who got this job on the back of doing ever so well as the Bayer Leverkusen manager. He's been here before, he knows what we're about. So this is a real big test tomorrow and there's no doubt about it. We have to be at our best um, and that goes for both sides of the game. We have to have a high level of focus and concentration tomorrow because you know, if you don't against these teams, you can be punished and punished very quickly. So... Um, it's a real good test for us, a good challenge. Um, but we've also got to have our own confidence and our own belief that we can play at this level, we can compete, and at the right times during the game, we have to show bravery that we can go and hurt the opposition as well. So we're excited, we're looking forward to it, but we know the size of the challenge and it's arguably the biggest we've had as a group. Rangers have raised their own bar, I guess, in, in Europe. Fraser when. We spoke about Porto, Benfica, Feyenoord, Galatasaray, whatever it was. There were so many times that you thought, oh, well, well, this will be the one that they, they kind of come unstuck. And it hasn't really happened. I did mention the Malmo game, which was obviously yeah, right. hugely disappointing. And then even Alish Kerr at Ibrox wasn't, wasn't vintage yeah. um, this season. So you, you just wonder which European version of Rangers shows up tomorrow. Well, Stevens McGowan's just given us an unbelievable start. 50, 50th European tie. He's been here and just... This is his fourth season yeah. I mean, Three seasons 45 European ties That's amazing That that just shows the success That Rangers have, have had And you mentioned A whole load of victories And some of them away from home And terrific performances So they, they know they've got that in them But we just haven't seen enough of that This season so far and, and you're right The Malmo game And some of the home games as well When teams have come and scored Two and three as well When Rangers have, have struggled You know, So sometimes I think They're a better away team In, in, in Europe But uh, you know They're going to have to Work out how they're going to play They're going to press Leon high I think they probably will Be high tempo The crowd will be right behind them But they've got to keep The back door shut There's some real quality players In this in this Leon mm. team And if they lose an early goal Then then that's going to cause them problems But uh, go and take the game to them Attack them Press them Get Morelos and Kent Who love these occasions 
on the ball in the last third and they've got a chance um, Always difficult to accurately compare different teams from different countries from different seasons mm. but would you be inclined to agree are Leon the best team Rangers have faced under Steven Gerrard or did they well, just They've played a few good ones they've beaten Braga Porto Benfica Galatasaray Feyenoord Standard Liège Like Poznan I wouldn't say they were bad teams but I think when you take a club from the top five leagues that's the ones you really gauge mm-hmm. yourself against you really test yourself against interesting narrative because I think we were all intrigued by the Moussa Dembele yeah. factor coming back I think he was unbeaten two and a half years as a Celtic player against a very different Rangers team it has to be said so I think we're looking forward to seeing him playing again he's not going to be here he's got a muscle injury I think Shakiri might be missing as well yeah so, he's not, so, so um, yeah, yeah so, a Covid um, issue so, you know, they, 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 they're a real positive for Rangers to draw on. Their past record against big, important teams in Europe and the fact that Leon, mm. like them, are missing really key players. Yeah, well, we'll hear from Steven Gerrard on Moussa Dembele next, but we want to hear from you as well. This is a great time to call. 0141 You could be up next. 0141 This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stephen McGowan and Fraser Wishart are here this time tomorrow. We'll be kicking off the second half over in Seville between Real Betis and Celtic and we'll very much be building up to Rangers against Lyon. So get all of your thoughts in ahead of those ones. Uh, big injury concerns for Celtic. An injury concern and a boost for, for Rangers with Hollander being out but Goldson returning. Stephen Gerrard uh, thinks Lyon could be the best team uh, they've faced in Europe since he took charge. However, Steve McGowan said just before the travel, we were all looking forward from the from a, a, a narrative point of view uh, to Moussa Dembele coming back. He had a good record against, as Stephen says, a, a different looking Rangers team. He always makes no secret of retweeting those videos and enjoying himself and um, he won't play tomorrow. Um, but Stephen Gerrard says it's naive to think they'll be any weaker without him. He says they know what quality he would have brought to the game. Well, I think this club and, and this team knows more than most uh, the abilities and the quality that he possesses. Um, he's obviously started the season reasonably well and um, he's gone to Leon and sort of built on his career, if you like, from Celtic, gone to the next step into one of the top five leagues in the world and produced. So um, I've got a lot of respect for the player in terms of his technical qualities and his ability. Um, but, you know, I don't really get involved in opinions of whether Leon are going to be weaker or stronger because they've got players capable of coming in. They've got talent all over the pitch, especially in the front four positions. So uh, be very naive of me to think that Leon are going to be any weaker just because one player is missing. You can always look at this a number of ways, Fraser, because we've had Rangers fan on, fans on saying, oh, well, you know, we've got players, we've, we've got cover, that's fine. And Stephen Gerrard's doing that on behalf of, of Leon, saying, oh, it's fine, you know, they've got other good players, and they do. But this time last night on the show, we were looking at a potential situation where Conor Goldson does not play yeah. and Moussa Dembele does. And all of a sudden, Dembele doesn't, Goldson does. So that, that, that's got to go down as a boost for Rangers while still acknowledging, yes, they have other good players, Leon. Oh, yeah. Dembele's a great player and he's, he's a great personality and character as well and uh, loves winding the Celtic fans up. Uh, sorry, Rangers fans up on social media with his love for Celtic and uh, he had a great time here. So that's that's good good to hear. And, and he'll be missed. You know, I think it's always, you want the best players to be playing in, in the grounds. I, I think it's, it's a boost for Rangers because he's not playing, but. I think you miss these guys. You know, it's playing against Barcelona when Messi was there, and if he was missing, then oh, it's great in terms of the game. But you miss you miss seeing these guys playing, and I think if he had played, it would have been 
interesting to see the range of reaction. I was going to say, he'd have got a nice reception, wouldn't he? <laughs> a lot of stick and a big, great well, story. And if he scored, his celebration, all this kind of stuff. So I, I think he's missed. But from a Rangers point of view, I think it's a, it's a, it's a benefit that he's not playing. It's a, it's a great chance for new heroes to emerge. I mean, you look back at the Rangers Celtic game a few weeks ago where you had. People worried about Robbie McCrory and goal. Leon Balogun at right back. Leon Balogun won the man of the match. Mm. McCrory, you know, didn't have a great deal to do, but what he did, he did very well. So, you know, I'd, Leon of guys like Lucas Paqueta, the Brazilian coming in, who's, I think, possibly their main man, their number 10. Man who makes things tick. They've got a real smattering of Brazilians for the team. Whoever they bring in is going to be technically competent. So... You know, they, 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 they will still fancy their chances of really inflicting mm. some damage on Rangers. Moussa Dembele would have got the type of reception that Fraser Wishart gets when he goes to cover a game on an artificial surface for Super <laughs> Scoreboard. That about yes. sum it up? Yes, Livy Kelly games were always interesting. <laughs> Supporters were always nice to me. Uh, OK, let's go back to the phones. A man is there. A man, how are you feeling from a Celtic perspective ahead of tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I'm not really... I don't know, with all the injuries and that, I hope we just, you know, a draw would be great, but... If you get beat by a couple of goals, it's fine. But uh, see, uh, before I make my point, can I say something to uh, people? Call me the, the uh, I play for. I'm the brother of a guy who plays football in Bella Houston, right? And they all call me that I'm on the phone. My name's a man and the holy goalie. He's he's my brother. So you know, when they get that confusion, they always ask him, "You're on the phone all the time." Are you f- so you and your brother are famous because you come on Super Scoreboard? Is that what you're telling us? Yes. Yes, but but my brother gets all the credit for it because <laughs> they're like, oh, you're always on the phone. Do you understand? Well, it's been in a while, actually, from from memory. You know, it's it's been a busy old time. Um, well, hopefully, you'll let's start wearing a t-shirt or something. We'll send you a Hugh Evans t-shirt you can wear to. <laughs> I am not my brother to, 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 to set yourself apart. Um, I like how he brushed over Celtic to get to the, the sort of main point of of him and his brother. Um, well, being confused. Man, man, whenever I say something stupid, I become Roger Hanna. So don't worry ah, exactly. about it, it's fine um, That was an interesting take though Straight away was You know Ah well if we get beat tomorrow It's it's fine Says a man And uh, You would sort of get that Celtic are yeah. Not expected to, to go there and win um, But th- with that Does that not come a great opportunity To go and Get the type of result Which might spur you on to I, I, I don't think there's any great expectations From Celtic supporters I think they're still hopeful A team can go and, and, go and win But we, we spent 10-15 minutes Throwing around options and finding there's a couple of positions where there's maybe no players to, to play and talking about formations, etc. And I don't think it's a great expectation from Celtic supporters that they're going to go there and perform well and win. But then when, when the whistle starts, they'll be they'll be sitting watching the game, shooting and balling like everybody else. And uh, we always say it's a bit of a cliche, but it is a chance for these lads. And I, and I do like the fact that, in a sense, Celtic haven't signed so many players that mm. the likes of Ralston and Montgomery and Welsh are, are excluded completely. They're going to be cover players, yeah. But what an opportunity for these guys What an experience these guys have got They wouldn't have expected Four or five months mm-hmm. ago Aman uh, what about that Because Some people would look at The issues tomorrow And say Celtic squad is not deep enough And should they have done more During the transfer window Now granted That's with the benefit of hindsight But That's where we're at What, what would you say To those questions well, no, 100% They should have done this. In fact The delays That that other manager Went to get now, Hughie from England or something, and then they took the time so long they should have never done that. Should have never put that in our, you know, put us in that situation. But it is what it is, isn't it? The Celtic board, everybody knows what Celtic board are like, isn't it? Well, I, I get Fraser's view on it and with the PFA Scotland hat on it and a, a national team perspective as well. We good, you know, we should celebrate the chance for young players to 
to, to come through and, and get a chance But at the same time I think a lot of people did say during that window Could Celtic go and get another midfielder? Could they go and get another left back? Are those valid questions? Do they remain valid even yeah, more they, so? Yeah they are valid questions I mean you you know what you should have said after the window was The message to the fans should have been This will never happen again We will never find ourselves in a situation Where we have to go out winging it Scrambling around To sign 12, 13, 14 players you know, a stable, functional club should be signing what two or three at a time. Yeah. Should just be augmenting what they already have. You know, you should never be in a situation where you're looking to sign a dozen players, and when you do that, it's going to be a bit haphazard. You know, you you are going to struggle to cover all your bases. Um, and, you know, it had consequences for Dominic McKay as well, obviously. So, um, yeah, I, I I I don't think it was as good a window as I think supporters hoped. I I... And I think that was pretty clear at the time. There were one or two areas centre midfield, wife back, possibly up front. Although Gio signing Gio Marcus changed it slightly. It was quite clear they were a bit weak. I think it was it was, it was difficult. I, I agree with you. I think they, they could have done more, but it, it was totally um, you know without a manager for months, yeah, without a chief executive because he was working his, his notice. No director of football, no head of recruitment. There was there was no there was no structure there, and therefore towards the end, I think Celtic did better than I thought because you know the, the early hmm. parts of pre season, early parts of European ties, you're thinking how are they going to get a squad together? But, but, so, but, but, so, what is surely emphasises Fraser is, is the need for a director of football. For a modern structure with a director of football who's got a full bulging contacts book, yeah. somebody who can work one or two windows in advance, come in, plan, prepare, and get players lined up so that when one goes out, if an Edward goes out, you have his replacement ready to come back mm. in again. And if the manager goes, then there's somebody there that can Absolutely, you have continuity, yeah. Um, I mean, for instance, the, the, that number that you know, whether it's a, it's a dozen players, that's one thing, but. You're always going to have people who are just not able or ready to come and impact the first team straight away. Liam Shaw's on the bench, or not even on the bench at times. Urugidi's there as well, so they might be part of that overall number, but not really able to come and impact the team. Liam Scales, would it be a huge ask for him to to be pitched in at that level at left back yeah. tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, so. You know what? I don't know, Fraser, because he has been playing Europa League football. True. Yeah, true. true. He has, and he, did they got through two or three rounds? Aye, aye. To be honest with you, I think it might be the least risky option that's available yeah. there at left. But okay, Juranovic, sorry, did well at Ibrox, we said that earlier. But if you want to keep him at right back, I think William Skills wouldn't be the worst option yeah, in the world. Fair point, yeah. Mm. Point. Yeah, I suppose it's a it's a potential uh, one for tomorrow. Um, Callum McGregor's the obvious one. And we mentioned the... Urugidi Shaw for instance Not being able to come in And impact the first team Which is fine These things happen You're never going to get 100% of of the signings um, Because we've only had A few weeks to go on is, is it unfair Are we already looking At James McCarthy And saying oh, he's, he's hardly available But you know it's, it's so early on It is a four year deal We're going to have to Start seeing Something significant From him soon You would imagine Yeah absolutely Be looking for him To do something Because he, he's not uh, I mean he's, he's in a long contract he's, he's not that old In you know, football in terms He's still got a lot to offer He's got that experience. Clearly, he came and he just he wasn't fit enough to to, to start games, and that's the catch twenty two situation. Where you're at Celtic, you have to go and win games, you know. And, and can you put somebody in that's not quite fit? But now's it. Now's the time I think put him in. He's an experienced player. He's a good footballer. He's played at the very highest level. He must know how to manage his way mm. through sixty or seventy minutes and keep his energy. Thank you, Aman. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish slash football. Just for the avoidance of doubt That was a man and not his brother I know you're all really worried about the, the distinction out there So don't please don't get that one wrong uh, If you want to play Beat the Pundit 
Now is your chance 0141-951-1025 It's been a long time Since Fraser Wishart played Stephen McGowan Hates beat the pundit More Despise, than anything no, hate, um, hate is not strong enough <laughs> So you could Potentially take advantage here It's 0141-951-1025 And you do need to call Before 7 o'clock Your chance to beat the pundit Is next Tackle the headlines 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Fraser Wishart and Stephen McGowan are here It's 01419511025 If you're just joining us I've got no idea where you've been It probably isn't a good excuse But now that you're with us You can get involved Real Betis against Celtic Rangers against Leon. Pick your team What are you making of the personnel issues? We prefer a bit more of a straightforward build up But Celtic have all sorts of um, absentee problems Rangers have a big one in Hillander But they've got a boost from the returning Connor Goldson So give us all your pre-match thoughts your confidence levels Your team selection suggestions And all the rest of it On 01419511025 uh, There is a lot of other stuff Doing the rounds in Scottish football As always I wonder if you've had time To digest this um, SPFL review That we told you about last night It was kind of breaking news last night It all seemed a little bit vague uh, Maybe you've got some thoughts Or suggestions on that I'm sure Stephen and Fraser uh, Have something to offer there as well So pick up that phone And get in touch And we'll be speaking to you next Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Right, beat the pundit time. Fraser's a little bit rusty. He's out of practice. <laughs> Stephen McGowan just hates it all round. But you've, you've got a mixed record. I've, you've, won, you won, have won. I've won my last two. Ah, there we go. Six, six oh, inch tap ins in the last minute. A man in form. Oh, a man yes. in form. Uh, you can't go any worse than Gordon DL at the moment. He is stinking the place out. And our resident Stato Black Arthur, who keeps an eye on the results, he's been in touch. Uh, and he says, Did you know there have been 11 tiebreakers this season? That must be a record. And he says, The pundits have won five and lost six. And out of the six, Gordon DL is to blame for four of them. <laughs> he's played four tiebreakers and lost every single one of them. Um, and we are, are we shocked? No <laughs> uh, No no. But he was alright last season I don't know what's happened Over the summer it's Something's Something's gone amiss Anyway uh, Julian is on the line On tonight's Beat the Pundit How's it going Julian? Yeah very well How are you gents okay? Not bad at all uh, Looking forward to the games Tomorrow big night Of European action? No definitely Yeah I'm looking forward To the Celtic game tomorrow um, So we'll see how it goes Hopefully Get a good result It's always good to go off To a good start In these, these group stages now I'm very nosy Julian But not as nosy as producer Callum Who by the looks of what I've got written on my screen Has already been asking for your life story I noticed you've got a very exotic sounding name You were born in Rome And you're now here And got a fairly Scottish accent And you support Celtic What's the what's the story there? Uh, yes yeah, so I was born there My dad's Italian uh, Moved over when I was about six months old That's why I've still got the, the Scottish accent <sighs> um, And I've uh, lived spent a lot of time in London and I'm back, back in Scotland For a good four, four, four and a half years now And nothing beats Scottish football That's what you're trying to tell us Well that's, that's what brought me back actually Quite right I knew it That's a man who's got his priorities Julian sounds far too intelligent I know he's One for Fraser Wishart Well travelled He's sophisticated yeah, uh, yeah. This, no So, way so, I'm so is Julian uh, yeah. Ah very good <laughs> Saying that Yeah he was just bragging before wasn't he That he's just bragged from Cyprus On yeah. Pro business yeah, yeah. How was it? Very good, very good. No, I, I don't mean the, the beach and the sea. I mean the, the FIFA Pro. What, what's on the agenda? Uh, it's, that's for a full show on that. Is so, it? Yeah. Right. Okay. All important stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. We'll toss the coin. If it's heads, it will be. <laughs> I don't know whether it was. It was red wine or white wine. I wasn't sure. Was if it's tails, it will be a man last spotted in a pair of tight speedos in the sea in Cyprus. 
An image no one needs His heads I'm afraid Stephen Sorry oh, You're up against Julian um, Who is from Rome Been in London And now in Glasgow Green So there we go um, Right let's give Stephen Some Clyde too So that he can't steal the answers Julian Pretty straightforward 30 seconds You answer as many questions Right as you can And if you don't know Just pass and we'll move on Okay Right Robbie thank you Right 30 seconds starts No Who was in goals for Celtic's 2020 Scottish Cup win against Hearts uh, It was oof. Gordon. Which side does Scott Arfield join Rangers from? Uh, Burnley. Which Fife side are bottom of the Scottish Championship? Uh, it is. Name, name, pass. name any player who joined Dundee United this summer. Um, it was a pass. How many Scottish clubs has goalkeeper Jack Annick played for? Two. Okay, let's bring Stephen back. Uh, Stephen, are you ready? Some As inspirational, inspirational music on Clyde 2 Just to get a you nice in the bit, mid nice bit of I can hear that there Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what you need to get you In the right frame of mind Are you ready? Okay Who was in goal for Celtic's 2020 Scottish Cup win against Hearts? Craig Gordon Which side did Scott Arfield join Rangers from? Burnley Which Fife side are bottom of the Scottish Championship? Dunfermline Name any player who joined Dundee United this summer uh, pass How many Scottish clubs Has goalkeeper Jack Annick Played for Two Which Scottish club Did Jack Ross Start his managerial career with I know And which Belgian side Did Jack Henry join For a reported £8.5 million Last month Club Bruges Okay That's going to lead me Beautifully on to my next Talking point after Beat the Pundit I didn't even realise That was one of the questions uh, Julian what do you think I think he's beat me there I think he's beat me If you don't mind me saying Julian I think you sounded like The prime example Of what it's like When the pressure's on I feel like you kind of Knew some of them But with the clock ticking And you got a you, you had to, We had to move on A couple of times Didn't we? Well we did We did As long as it makes them Feel better after That's the most important thing Julian <laughs> 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 a bag of nerves here Julian Julian's such a nice guy I feel like yeah. inviting him in Next week right? Um, <laughs> but I, both of you I think n- Kind of knew where we were going with this one But it was Connor Hazard yeah. And that's why we asked the question It was Connor Hazard who yeah, was in goal yeah, yeah. And again I think Julian was trying to find it And just kind of settled for Craig Gordon <sighs> Is that a fair assessment Julian? Yeah, yeah I think so yeah, yeah I think see, I'll go with that See I have been through a few of these Beat the pundits I know my stuff um, Burnley Scott Arfield joined from Burnley to Rangers So you both got that The five team bottom of the championship Julian said Wraith Then knew it wasn't Wraith But it is Dunfermline So it's 2-1 to Stephen any player who joined Dundee United during the summer window? Mulgrew, Take your Eskinen. Oh, Charlie Mulgrew. Yeah. McNulty, uh, McMahon, Trevor Carson. Three 2-1 to Stephen. Jack Annick has played for Rangers and St Mirren. So Julian got that as well. So it's 3-2 to Stephen. Um, and unfortunately, that's where your journey ended, Julian. So he had the chance to put a bit of a gloss on it. He got Aloha for Jack Ross and he got Club Bruges for Jack Henry as well. One, two, three, four, a five for Stephen McGowan well and a two for Julian. How um, it breaks my heart, Julian. I was rooting for you, um, but it wasn't enough tonight. Hard lines. No, cheers, everyone. Thanks, thanks, Stephen. Cheers, Good Julian. Man. Cheers, Julian. Manly and one of my favourite Pete the Pundit contestants. A good story to tell. A good loser as well. Usually the He's already cried. He's already Lost to Stephen McGowan. Oh he's, he's a much better wizard than I am. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. He did a wee celebratory dance in here when he got <laughs> over the line. He's probably the most nervous animated yeah. pundit I've, uh, oh, pundit I've seen. Nah, he hates it. He really does. I really do despise him. There are a few though. Chris Burke's a bit like that when he's in. Yeah. Um, but is he still? 
The experienced campaigners like yourself just, It's just water off a duck's back now just, just, Whatever comes out your head You say just it Hope it's right um, but right, it's that Dundee United question where nothing comes into your head. I that's saw them on Saturdays. So I was lucky. I was <sighs> yeah, but and that's the thing because that is easy, isn't it? But under time, yeah. under pressure, it's not. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Charlie McGrew, for instance. Um, Aye, okay, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you got a victory. <laughs> in. Uh, right now, the last question I did see. How's about this for a smooth transition? Jack Hendry has joined Club Bruges. Any idea what he's up to tonight? He is playing against the best strikers in world football. And they're all playing. All playing, brilliant. Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi up against Jack Hendry tonight. What an occasion. Are they all better than Haaland who we're watching play? I was laughing because we were yeah, in scored, the, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, after Scotland's win in Austria, Jack Hendry was brought up to speak to the daily papers and uh, we said, oh, how was I? I said, oh, it was fine. He said, it was fine. Quite a good night for me. And, you know, next week I'm playing against Messi and PSG. Just threw it in casual. <laughs> As if it was the most natural thing in the world. But, and uh, What a brilliant piece of business about Ostendo, who, 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 yes. who get a deal, get him on loan, get a fee that if they pay it, then he has to go. But that's our model, and, isn't and, it? And, yeah. this time, Jack Henry's fee is, his value is larger than the fee they agreed at the start. They bring him in for a month. That's Paul Conway and Chen Lee and the Barnsley group who, yeah, who, who yeah. do that. They invest in football clubs, they buy them cheap and they sell them up big. Yeah, not daft. Um, but but seriously, what an occasion for him. We've always said that there's that balance. We want all our best players to stay here, but how good is it to see Scottish oh, players go abroad and broaden their horizons? Not enough of them do it. No. And talk about an example of, of it paying off. I mean, there have been examples of guys doing well in MLS and Ryan Gold's now there, having done relatively well in Portugal. Aaron Hickey's trying it now out in Serie A. Yeah, he's playing every every week. This, but to this go week. to a modest club in, in Belgium on loan, Prove yourself Get a move to one of the biggest clubs in Belgium Which earns you the chance to go up against that Yeah Trio this evening That is a, that is a brilliant story Yeah because his Celtic time had come to an end I think even a year or two before that And uh, was, was he in Australia And he got a bad he knee was. injury He was And then he came back And he still wasn't in a headweight Celtic And he, he was at a real crossroads for his for his, uh, for his career Was he going to make it to that high level and, uh, and fair play but, to him but, He took, took that move And you say Not to a glamour club And I wish more Scottish players Would, would take that route Stevie Marlon is out in Turkey And uh, I spoke to him a few times He loves it Absolutely loves the lifestyle He's loving the, the the football He loves the club And the supporters And it's a different type of football Go and learn And go and enjoy life I, I, I had a long half hour chat With Ryan Gold in Vancouver The other week yeah. I did a piece of the paper And uh, again He's been abroad for Eight years now Seven, mm-hmm. eight years since he went to Portugal, went to Canada, just wanted to try something different. And he was determined not to come back with his tail between his legs, which I think too often. And I understand it, having worked abroad myself. Too many Scots players do, but what I was going to say to Fraser was, can you imagine a scenario 12 months ago where Celtic fans are going into European qualifiers wishing they <laughs> yeah. had Jack Henry yeah. in central defence? Yeah. yeah, things do change very quickly. And he's now he's established, really, in the Scotland Maybe not a nailed on starter every time, but close. You would well, you would say certainly he, his best game was against Austria, wasn't it? Yeah. And, he, and he was out in and out before that during the Euros as well. And can but, that then uh, Hanley suspended? He'll play in the next game. Yeah. I think if well, Scott McTominay comes back, he'll still go right centre back, but maybe Jack Kennedy will slot in one to the to the, to the yeah. central one. Yeah. So I, I guess that can only benefit the country to have a player who's getting the chat because th- there aren't any or many Scots who will be up against yeah, yeah, that yeah. type of strike force this yeah. season and it's good because the, the Champions League groups to me are a, are a bit stale unless there's Scottish teams playing or the Scottish players playing so you, I'll look out for that tonight watch the highlights and, and see how he's doing because you want to see Scottish guys doing, mm. doing just well just cussed them now they'll lose six oh, we can, they, they, they may well they may well we yes. can cut them yes. some slack even Absolutely. if it doesn't go well surely Absolutely. I mean that you know, I mean, great story though great to see you know, sitting with a cruciate leg injury 
couple of years ago, mm-hmm. no future at Celtic, wondering where's he going to go? Is he going to go down the way? And he took that chance and look, look where he is. I find the thing when you talk to him as well, Fraser, he just he has a real inner confidence about him, Jack Henry. Oh yeah. He really has, he looks you in the eye, he maintains eye contact. He, you know, he, he said to as he said, all the criticism, all the stick I got, I used that as my motivation. Fair play to him. Yeah, fair play indeed. It looks like he's the middle of a back three tonight. I don't know which of the three uh, is going to be occupying them most. They'll all, they'll be everywhere. Those three will they not? Three might be a five. The back three might <laughs> um, be a back five, and they'll just take a line. And because uh, you couldn't go man for man against against no. those guys, you know, defend deep and get your midfield players run about. That's what I used to say. <laughs> <as a defender. laughs> what what must be going through your head? Where I imagine right, if if you're a defender and you're up against a strike force, you, you're hoping that it's the the perceived weaker of that strike force that is on you. Who, who are you picking? <laughs> who who do you want to face out of no, those three? No, no. I'm interested to see how they play because sometimes you can and, and you've seen it with Galacticos you've seen it in England as well where they have too many big name yeah. players and they, and they just don't fit in but guy, if you can't play with Lionel Messi then then you're in trouble you know and if you, the pace of Mbappe and the trickery of Neymar well, Neymar as well and uh, you, yeah. look at, you look at Barcelona against Bayern Munich last night yeah, they look very it. average now don't they yeah, it's, it's a shame really it's a real nice. shame isn't it yeah, it has changed. The landscape changing very quickly. Uh, 01419511025 on the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Um, let's speak to Alan, who's a Rangers fan from Falkirk. What's your point for the guys tonight, Alan? Good evening, panel. Uh, as a Rangers fan, and I suppose as Celtic fans, we look all for all the help we can uh, in big European games. So do you think it's unfair that the Scottish government uh, are allowing three players coming into the country from our that have played in a red list country in the last week, considering Rangers had Morelis and Sakala, who had to self-isolate for 10 days. Hmm. I wonder if that's a fair comparison, Alan, given that that was, what, five, six weeks ago, at least, I think, for, for Morelos. I think that was the start of of August, wasn't it? And naturally, things just change. Rules change, the, well, the, you know, the, the pandemic changes, and that's that's the case for the last 18 months or so. But I, I, I totally get that But I believe it's down to the, the government mm-hmm. The British government says that anybody that played in a Red West country For a start they weren't allowed to go and play uh, <coughs> The World Cup games uh, Or they would have to self-isolate when they come back yeah. And it's been down to the Scottish mm-hmm. government That they're allowing these three players into this country Oh no no I, I completely get that Stephen I was talking about the comparison to Why wasn't yeah. it okay for Morelos is because it was six weeks ago I think is the answer but Yeah, listen Alan I, I sympathise with your point In respect to the fact I don't think anybody has the first idea What the rules are with these things now Gordon and I were discussing this Before we came on here We just don't know You know, you, you're not entirely certain What happened to Nathan Patterson When he came back sooner Or, or, or you know, Conor Goldson I don't mean I'm not casting any aspersions I just mean we don't know what the rules are that allow players to be freed or, you know, if they're double vaccinated, they test negative, they can come back from isolation. But, you know, we, we are really stumbling around in the dark. I mean, red list countries were a big, big issue. There were clubs that were desperately trying to stop players going away in international duty because, as you rightly say, they were being forced into isolation in the UK and England. Um, but honestly, I think if we tried to give you an answer as to why this is the case for the Leon players, we just couldn't do it. We we'll definitely have Professor Jason Leach on here And I guess if you asked him He'd say yes Because he usually does uh, <laughs> You don't you d- Dig in there uh, The government aren't going to look at somebody And let them in if they're a danger You know If they feel there's a danger In mm. the red list countries And there's a chance they might have COVID Or, or contracted COVID Or whatever else and, and So they're not going to look at it And think Well we'll let them in Because 
for any other reason other than they're safe and nor can they stop somebody coming into the country mm-hmm. just to help a football club I'm afraid so they look at things uh, in an individual case case by case basis and Stephen's right we'll never know because we don't know the mm-hmm. background to all these guys individual cases but I don't think there's anything up here and nor can the government say you know you're not getting in because we want to give Rangers a better chance you know that's 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 not right yeah either. I mean the, the rules I think in France elite athletes don't have to quarantine I think Leon did initially feel that the, the three players in question would miss the game in Glasgow, because our rules are different, but you can request the situation be looked at, you know, as a an individual basis, an individual case, like Fraser says, and they've been granted permission uh, to play. So, um, what what about that then, Alan? They're on a football basis. They're they're here. They play. How big a challenge will Leon pose to Rangers tomorrow? Well, it'll be a very very difficult game. Uh, Leon are a, a very good football team. Uh, but quickly, one more quick point. Did, mm-hmm. you, did anyone see today the figures between the head-to-head between Morelos and Dembele when they played in Scotland? <clears throat> I did see that. I think Morelos shared it on his Instagram, didn't he, to make everyone aware of the fact that the stats were very much in his favour. Very much so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is shows that uh, Morelos is a very good player. Eh? Oh, absolutely! I don't think anyone would doubt oh, it. I do, I do, I do. You know, listen. There is this one-upmanship between Celtic and Rangers fans, where you always have to compare two strikers. It happens with Edward and Morelos. Happens with Dembele and Morelos. Can't we just appreciate good players? Can we just? Can yeah, both be good? Yeah. Can't we accept that actually the two teams can have good strikers? I think anybody who disputes the fact that Alfredo Morelos is simply a good footballer now is wearing tinted glasses. Uh, if you want to get in touch tonight, it's 01419511025. Um, it's been a while since we had the the PFA COVID oh. update, Fraser. <laughs> Remember, it was like oh, a no, regular I thing. I'm going up to the toilet. I'm okay. giving you nothing. I was glad. <laughs> I, I was glad, and I thought we had you know, seen the back of it. And you were on a lot, you know, last season, and when it was all properly kicking off. Yeah. Things are. I mean, it, we've moved on, but we've not. If that makes any sense, because clearly life is a bit different now to, to what it was. But players are still under quite a lot of restrictions and we have got the thorny issue of COVID passports for fans getting into stadia. What, where are we at for, for players at the moment with vaccinations and, and things like that? The, the, play, the players, um, I mean, we, we're certainly encouraging players to take, take a vaccine. Um, but you have to respect somebody's right not to And it's always mm. that middle ground You get accused of taking a middle ground But that's, that's the fact You can't force people to take vaccines uh, But you would be any, actively any encouraging that Yeah, yeah. And, and and players are And, and I think if the vaccination um, of, of players continues to improve Then things might lessen slightly um, There is still issues over showering And over travelling in cars together And different buses And still isolating after training And not mixing properly And that may continue And, that, and a lot of that's because of the environment they're in You know, they're in an environment mm. where that they are close together They are sweating They are in dressing rooms There is showers and, and steam And all that but, kind of stuff but that, so, that, so that, could, that, that, that could, could improve change. If more players go and get a vaccine I, I, I presume so Yeah I presume yeah. so Please, so, I, I always felt that Players could be used As poster boys They could be used to encourage A wider populace is that, I mean, were you, were you surprised there wasn't one of that going on? Some clubs have done it. I mean, St. Johnston yeah. were very active and Hips were very active, but there didn't seem to be any kind of collective uh, to move, move, move to do that. Maybe because some players might not want to take it. You know, they yeah. have to respect that. Maybe 
for religious grounds, cultural grounds, and maybe they just don't, don't want to take it because uh, you know they feel that, especially mm. this time of season, it might affect their game for a short space of time. You know, have you, have you as a union so. appealed to players? Have you spoken to them? Are you trying to, to, to get the message out? Not, not as a group, but any many players we do speak to because we do get players calling us a lot and saying to us about the showering and about the travelling, etc. And we're saying, listen, guys, you know, and we encourage you to, to take the vaccine. That's our that's our position, but you have to respect somebody's right not to. Yeah. And I, I say the same in society, you know. It frustrates me sometimes when people come up with conspiracy theories and all the nonsense, but there are real reasons out there why people mm-hmm. don't want to take it. You know? but, uh, but that you're right, there, there are reasons. The football side of it, I wonder, is that now becoming more of a consideration? Because we now know, like everybody else, if a player is a close contact, they don't have to isolate as long as they can yeah. return negative tests and they're double vaccinated. Is, is, there a, is there now an increased effort to get more players... Um, you vaccinated. Need, you need to ask the GRG, Gordon. That information really yeah. comes to, to us directly. We we get our stuff from elsewhere and um, and information, and we can advise our players from elsewhere. So I I, I don't mm. know the current status. I've not really had any updates for. Yeah, yeah, for but even that, I mean, why is there no joined up thinking? <laughs> yeah, because soon it's a joined up thinking. I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense for the GRG or the authorities to go to the players' union to work together to encourage players. I mean, where is it? Is this why we're having independent not, reviews? It's not a question for me. <laughs> you have to ask them. Mm, interesting. Right, 01419511025. Pick up the phone, whatever's on your mind. We would love to hear from you. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well, and I'll give you a full time teaser next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 01419511025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's time for Fraser Wishart and Stephen McGowan to learn the gentlemen to come together and try and tackle this full-time teaser. Now, we've got I would say this is at the very upper limit of the number of answers that we would usually require from you, but I do think it's easy tonight. Famous last words. I, I think it's very doable. So I'll leave it as it was sent in I won't chop it down uh, KJ Styles has sent in the following question And it's topical as well I always like these ones Ahead of the Old Firm beginning their European campaigns tomorrow night Can the guys name 13 players Who've played in a UEFA Cup final for Celtic or Rangers But also played in the Scottish top flight with another club So we're looking for the 13 guys That played in a UEFA Cup final for Celtic or Rangers and they also played in the Scottish top flight for a different Scottish club. Very doable. David Weir. Yes. Bob Douglas. Yes. Wee McCulloch. Yes. Fraser. Jackie McNamara. Yes. All right, we'll leave it there. That's why I was happy to leave the, the 13 names in, because I knew you would certainly make quick headway at the beginning. So, Rab Douglas, Jackie McNamara, David Weir, Lee McCulloch. You can join in with us. We're looking for 13 players who've played in a UEFA Cup final for Celtic or Rangers. And they've also played in the top flight with another Scottish club. And if you want to hear your questions used on the show, the address you need is full-time at Clyde1.com. Let's bring in Graham, who is in Penny Lee tonight. What's your point for the panel, Graham? Hi, panel. Uh, it's basically just about um, two uh, COVID passports they're talking about for sports grounds. Yes. Um, now, I've not had any vaccines, so when this comes into play, I'll not be able to go to the football. Right, hmm. but there's players out there that haven't got vaccines that can go into that stadium that I can't win that I'm paying for. They can play when they've not a vaccine, but I can't go to watch the game because I've not a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Plus, I paid for my season ticket last year. Mine and my brothers never seen a game, which I don't understand. That's true. It's 
Stephen, I think you raised that on Twitter. I think I remember seeing it mm. a couple of weeks ago. Do you understand Graham's concern? Oh, totally. I imagine yeah. a lot of yeah. people will be in the similar boat. Yeah, because fans were asked to buy season tickets before this came to pass. So, you know, they've basically changed the terms and rules of engagement after asking them to shell out 600 quid. Now, I, I sympathise with the view. I'm sure, I'm sure Fraser will tell us why we are wrong to sympathise with the view. Um, but I do sympathise with it. Uh, the, the, the one reassurance I can give to Graham is I think, I suspect, this will end up in a compromise. I think it will end up with spot checks. I think if you have a crowd of 50,000, the government will stipulate that you need to spot check maybe a thousand mm. fans because if you think about it. Even at that, though, that, that's still the same thing, isn't it? I mean, if you're Graham and you're not vaccinated, you're yeah. not, not going to go. No, indeed. And, uh, you know, Aberdeen, uh, you know, Dave Cormack at Aberdeen is really worried because he's worried that there will be a number of fans who will say, Give me my season ticket money back. This isn't what I paid for. Aberdeen have already complained to MSPs about the possibility of losing £1.5 million because there's a change of terms. So I do sympathise with Graham. There's other sides to it as well, which is that, you know what, let's take Scotland against Israel, October the 9th. 5pm kickoff off on a Saturday. All these fans descending in Glasgow from Aberdeen, Perth, Fife, wherever, as the Tartan Army tend to do. Are they really going to go along early to get their vaccine passport checked? Are they going to stay in the boozers of Mount Florida until 4.45 and then trips along to Hamden? And then what happens with the queues? If you have individual checks. So I think it's, a, I think it's an ill-conceived policy. I don't think it's going to be particularly workable. I think the only, as the football authorities have said and the clubs have said, and the only way you can maybe help guys like Graham is if you have spot checks and you'll have a certain percentage of the fans being checked. And even then, if you're Graham and you're one of the unlucky few... Because the whole point of that is you're not meant to go if you don't have a, va- a vaccine. You know, the I spot know. check, it's not... It's like saying, oh, just hopefully know, you won't get it, caught. Know, that, that's a bit of a weird the, the, the way to frame it. it is, I mean, you know, okay, you can be vaccinated. That doesn't stop you having COVID and going into a football ground. It made more sense to me if you had lateral flow tests. If you just had fans being tested, reporting their, 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 their negative tests in the NHS app as they did before the Euros... And that way you know that at least the people going to the ground, in theory at least, are negative. If they are vaccinated fully with two vaccines, that doesn't mean they're negative. Mm. They can still have the virus. Right, Fraser, that's one side of it. That's the that's the, the very broad question of are COVID passports a good idea for football grounds? Uh, the, the more specific point Graham made was why should fans have to show proof of vaccination when players don't And I can't think of anyone Better qualified to answer that question than you You're so happy I'm going aren't you <laughs> Delighted <laughs> Delighted that I was going to talk about football No uh, the, the, It's unclear Nobody knows quite What's going to happen with the players But the, the government did announce The other day That there were exemptions for employees uh, At venues So that would and, and football grounds were mentioned As one being one of the venues as well So that needs to be clarified as to does that affect players and, and nobody said that players don't have to get vaccinated or do have to get vaccinated at all yet as far as I know and uh, mm-hmm. we've been talking about already that that means I could be four weeks behind mm-hmm. given the information flow but uh, all we can say is that uh, without the clarity we don't know 100% yet but employees at venues i.e. grounds, nightclubs, yeah. bars, restaurants are exempt from, mm-hmm. from the COVID. Yeah, so, I've got a problem with that. Why should they be? You know, ultimately... Guys like Graham have made a conscious decision. I am not going to get the vaccine. I've made up my own mind. The players are clearly making the same decision. Why should they be exempt? Because employees. 
this, but but it's the same reason as Graham has. It's exactly you, the same you're, reason. You're then getting into a very murky ground of, of of employment where you're making it so that somebody to be employed, i.e., working in a nightclub, has to have the vaccine. That's a dangerous ground And governments won't, won't walk into that one I don't think mm-hmm. so, so if that is the case then As Graham fears That he needs proof of a vaccine To go to a game But the players don't Although many people Might disagree with that That would only be the case In line with Everybody else With there's, nightclubs and There's also There's been Reading research There's been no instances Of players passing it on To each other on the field mm-hmm. of play I think across the world um, players are still in a bubble There's still a red zone There's still all the restrictions And protocols that are in place uh, that, we, that we spoke about earlier on um, So so players do have Different um, processing protocols To follow than any of us In the studio for example But that's so, very so, true so, They're so, being so, tested so, On a regular basis so, aren't they yeah, yeah. And, and they're not going to be Mixing with supporters They're going to go through The red zone And then through the bubble And then through the The, the, the buses and, 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 and that is still, on, on a That is still the case Isn't it Not, not a single case Of player to player Transmission on, on the field Certainly not in Scotland Or the UK But I've read stuff A, a few months ago And uh, abroad There was nothing mm. Nothing at all yeah. Of player to player On the pitch Because you're not With the person long enough you know? But they're, they're not Mixing with supporters In the red zone they're mixing with supporters when they go home to their wives who are teachers yeah. or their kids who are school kids yeah. so they can't possibly be protected totally uh, Graham, what do you think I don't, I, I, I don't think the purpose of this was to try and convince you otherwise but what, what do you make of what the guys had to say uh, well Rangers being employees they are a team are, they, are not employees of Rangers are they who sorry Graham? they are a team they are a team are not employees of Rangers if they're playing in Ibrook Stadium are they no but they're employees of, of the other team but they're not employees of Rangers they're, they're playing at Ibrooks. yeah but, but they're employees of another team they are employees it's a, the whole point is that they are employees no, That's, they're just making it up as they're going along that's what they're basically doing no, listen, it's, not, it's not great it's not clear and I, and I, I don't even know well, how this affects players I'm just telling you this is this is what the government have said Graham you know that uh, it's employees we're not clear on how that affects footballers yet I don't think any. I don't even think Nicola Sturgeon's clear. Nobody's clear at all. It's she, a farce. She might be listening, Nicola. If you want to give give us a shout, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Uh, look, I, it is clearly a, a very complex issue. The official advice, I think everyone knows, is that, that, that everyone is still encouraged by NHS Scotland that all el- eligible, I should say, easy for me to say, age groups go and get the vaccine. If you do want more information, NHSinform.scot. You can head over there. And uh, see what they're saying to it Graham. let's talk actual football then um, Before we get ourselves too worried um, And I appreciate it as a, a genuine and a valid worry But what about your team tomorrow night? How are you feeling ahead of the Leon game? I watched Leon on Sunday night um, And I was uh, they, they played well Played some good football Dembele scored an absolute peach But glad to see he will not be playing Um Obviously glad that Goldson's back, but Helen will be a big miss, I think. But you've you've two good centre halves here. How do, just gen- generally, Graham, I'm interested in this. How do you feel like um and I'm not even talking specifically about the injury, what is the pecking order of the Rangers centre halves as far as you're concerned? Because it's been a really interesting story in the last eighteen months or so where Goldson always plays. And I feel like most people probably do prefer Hollander if I was to guess. But Balogun comes in and plays a lot of the the European games. How do you how do you rank them? If you like, I, I would actually have somebody else ranked, but he's not the club just now. I think Katic is, if not their best centre half. I think Katic is a great player, as well as Herlander is a great centre half. Balogun's a good player as well. 
as well as Goldson. That's uh, a tough one. They're all, they've all got their, their good points and you know what I mean? It's slightly weak points. It's difficult, Fraser, because like we said, so clearly there's a specific pace issue that, that Stephen Gerrard believes Leon Balogun addresses in Europe. Yeah. It's the o- yeah. it's the obvious one because he comes in for these games a lot. Um, I think if you're playing a massive domestic game tomorrow and they're all fit, Philippe Pilander partners Connor Goldson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then though, Philippe Pilander, who has been so good, he, he's been involved in some tough moments in Europe. So it, it, it's a. Even when they are all fit It's an interesting debate And he's played well for Sweden Recently mm. scoring a goal playing, winning, winning I think they beat Spain as well You know So he plays at a very high level And it's always an interesting one Because I don't think Hillander's A slouch You know I mean uh, So it's it's something in Steven Gerrard's head That he prefers Balogun For these reasons that, that, Listen Balogun and the goals Will start tomorrow So it will not affect The starting 11 You know Hillander Or Balogun There's not much between them Either, either way the problem's going to be if there's a knock or there's a sending off or there's a, or whatever and you have to readjust because Rangers in the midfield they don't really have anybody most clubs have somebody that plays midfield that can play the back they don't have that so then you are into Calvin Bassey was it five out of six group games Leon Balogun played last season mm-hmm. for Rangers yeah. so there's a chance he might have played anyway yeah that's Philip a fair Lander, point even yeah. Philip Lander had been fit he may have played anyway yeah um, I suppose it's just that depth isn't it and, and the options And then having to go again at the weekend And again midweek yeah. and, and again the following weekend um, Yeah it's going to be an interesting one Thank you Graham. Some thought provoking stuff um, Certainly on your initial point That was Graham and Penley 01419511025 Right your question tonight is this Can you name 13 players Who've played in a UEFA Cup final For Celtic or Rangers And they've also played in the top flight With another Scottish club So you've got Rab Douglas Jackie McNamara Lee McCulloch, Davy Weir. Paul Lambert? Yes. Didier Gaff? Yes. Lee Wallace? No, did he No, play he did not. Kenny Miller? No. No? Stephen Whitaker? Yes. Uh, Alan McGregor? No. No. Remember, famously. Neil Alexander. Ah, see, good teamwork. Neil Alexander. Okay, we'll leave it there. You've got one, two, three, four, five to get, and we'll get them next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen McGowan and Fraser Wishart are here You can get in touch on the phones And on Twitter We were just talking about well, various things And Covid passports swiftly moved on to uh, Rangers game tomorrow And the defensive situation Mac has sent me a tweet um, The previous caller Had been waxing lyrical About Nico Katic Mac says I love Katic But let's not forget He had a howler at Perth Etc When it was him and Goldson And a, f- and a good few other games Everyone's just remembering uh, The winner against Celtic Playing time is vital uh, For him just now That's coming in on Twitter On this teaser Now KJ Styles Has sent the question in And thank you to him uh, it's fulltime at Clyde1.com That's the address you need If you want mentioned If you want to send a question in to us We would love to use it So can you name 13 players Who've played in a UEFA Cup final For Celtic or Rangers And also played in the top flight With another Scottish club So Rab Douglas Paul Lambert Didier Agat And Jackie McNamara Neil Alexander Davy Weir Stephen Whitaker, Lee McCulloch Stephen you got the shout of the night During the break Oh it awesome Outstanding Ulrich Larson Played for Hibs And I think he was a sub Wasn't he A used sub For Celtic Fraser I've got two Rangers players Uh Kirk Broadfoot Yep With many other clubs And Kevin Thompson Yes and you said 
Nacho Novo Yes okay So only one to get And you've got another 10 minutes or so to get it So we will leave it there 01419511025 Um I wondered what you made Stephen McGowan Because you will have dedicated Much more of your career <laughs> Than you would have wished On SPFL governance <laughs> And various issues uh, What did you make at 5 to 6 last night When the tweet came out From I think Aberdeen first um, Announcing that Along with Dun- The Dundee clubs And the Edinburgh clubs They were launching um, An SPFL review um, Deloitte my, my, are going to go and look into well, it Well my first thought was It's my day off um, <laughs> Excellent So that was my first thought Second thought was I think you can see Where this is possibly heading It's like Back to the Future If you remember back to 1997 Where the old Scottish Football League Was in operation And some clubs Fergus McCann David Murray Some others Basically paid Deloitte The same company as this one To go and look at the options For Scottish football and he came back with the Scottish Premier League, became a breakaway. Now, I think Aberdeen and the American owners who are teaming up to pay something like £100,000 for this review are playing down talk of a breakaway just now. But you can imagine that whatever they come up with will be geared towards the elite. You can bank your bottom dollar, they'll be looking to get rid of artificial pitches. You can bet they'll be looking to recommend a commercial director, specialist directors to, you know, pay a couple of hundred thousand pounds to these people to get drive up the revenue, get more money from TV deals. But you know, that's all going to be, have to be paid for out of prize money from the clubs. And some clubs, particularly part-time clubs, will say, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to lose any money. And that's where I think you will get the talk mm. beginning of, well, maybe it's time the full-time clubs went their own way. Yeah, I mean, before you even get beyond the, who's involved, Fraser, it's, it's staring you in the face. It's... The American owners, mm-hmm. pretty much, as, as Stephen says, and, and Ann Budge is involved there as well. Um, Celtic and Rangers aren't involved at, at this stage, which is they're being consulted. Yeah, as a stage, yeah. Well, like I say, not, <laughs> I not, not, not officially not, putting not. the name to that side of it. So it's a very broad question. <laughs> what, what did you make of it? Well, the first thing is it's been approved by the SPFL apparently, and their, their board. Yeah, so yeah, they should have statement saying so. I, I think that with the five are fronting it, there'll be there'll be many others um, looking and uh, being consulted, as, as Stephen's saying. Uh, not just still firm, there'll be others as well. So um, uh, the the great thing about an independent review is, or sorry, the, the, the biggest thing in independent review is, you have to make sure they they get the answer you want. So you have to give them a remit. Because you're not going to give Deloitte and say, Deloitte, here, come back with a, with a blueprint for Scottish football and walk away. Because that blueprint might say, well, they should merge and they should merge and they should merge. Yeah, the D-Club well, well, no, should merge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it ain't going to be mm. that. So what you have to do, the most tr- tricky and most important part of any independent review is to tell them exactly what they have to do. And you tighten that remit. And that will be the most interesting part. I have no idea what that says. But Stephen says, you know, that, that, that uh, would that affect the elite? Would that affect other things in terms of governance? Um, I don't know. I've not seen it. I've not been not been spoken about. It. I'd hope that the players' views via ourselves would be would take into consideration, and I, I'm sure they will be. But that's the way these things operate in real life. You know, you don't just say to like go and do whatever you want yeah. because then you, you get an answer you don't want. You've got to get the answer you want. What, and that's that's what, the interesting what, what, part. What, what do these you, clubs want? What makes you think that that breakaway or, or that type of thing is is somewhere down the road, Stephen, or 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 at least in, it comes into the thinking. Am I right in saying at least one of those clubs In fact I think more than one of them Have in the past expressed a belief that 42 clubs is too many Exactly um, that, That's what makes me think it So what, you... what, what does that look like then? Because on the other hand I feel like a lot of people have been celebrating in the last few years That we've bolstered our pyramid And we've, we've strengthened it And we've, yeah. we've improved the, the pyramid So 
Is that going to end or? I think when push comes to shove The interests of Celtic and Rangers Are not the same as the interests of Stenhouse Muir and Albion Rovers Or Berwick Rangers or Civil Service Strollers You can't merge the interests of those clubs They're coming from completely different places Commercially in terms of their fans In terms of the match the experience So I think that's the first fault line Secondly you look back to John Nelms Gave an interview in a, a, the, the, the BBC in May Talking about how he could foresee a situation Where there were breakaways in future Because some clubs are unhappy And then you've got an interview with Athletic recently With Ron Gordon, the Hibs chairman I Tried to get Hibs chairman to talk about this He wouldn't speak about it But he said quite openly There are too many clubs And I think if you look at the fact By very virtue of the fact that these owners are American American sport doesn't really do jeopardy it doesn't really do relegation and promotion. See the European Super League for reference. Yeah, but that probably scared them off. Because I, I think this was all in the slate when the European Super League was up for discussion. Then they saw the fallout from the European Super League and thought, better not use the word breakaway. But I'm listen, mm. I am not saying this is going to happen. They will deny it now, but don't rule it out. Right, it's such a broad... Spectrum at the moment And with that comes Various things about how football Can be improved in this country So the point that Alan's about to, to make I think falls within that If we're talking about Match day experience and so on Take it away Alan Oh good evening lad well, there, was a, there was a lad on last night That was speaking about alcohol And football grounds And he says you can't get Alcohol on a match day Football ground at the match Or, the foot, or at the match On the day of the, the match mm-hmm. And you can if you're in hospitality. Yeah. And what I don't understand is why do they hospitality? Why can hospitality get it? Because people different alcohol affects people in different ways. But that doesn't make it people who buy the cheaper seats any less than the people that are drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They, they, yeah. Everybody in the ground should be allowed to drink alcohol. And also, there was a thing that got a week ago. The Celtic Rangers game I got a week ago. It's a prime example. It's a stadium with a fifty thousand Rangers fans. And they're not allowed to have a beer in the ground, and there's no opposing fans there. I don't see why they, they, they can't sell alcohol in the football grounds. It's just, and I, I don't, I'm not really a drinker, mate. I have one or two beers a year. So I, I just don't understand it. Yeah. To just to explain to Fraser and see, th- This just kind of came up last night Because naturally if you're talking about How can we improve Scottish football It's such a broad question You can understand that being one of the main things If you're talking about revenue Match day experience That's the big obstacle yeah. What do you, what do you yeah. think Stephen? Again a topic you'll have been across yeah, many well, I mean, times they, they, in the past Yeah I they wanted to You know they're making 27 million now They want to get up to 50 million They think they can That's bound to be one of the things they're advocating I was fortunate enough to be in uh, Copenhagen for the Scotland game, the Parkin Stadium. We're walking up to the grounds. There was a 50-50 quota of females and males. Everybody was standing with a plastic mug of beer in their hand. There was no trouble. It was very civilised. And you thought, why, why, why can't we be like this? And see, when you strip it down, would it make a great deal of difference? Because what you have at the moment is you have a lot of fans going to the pub until 10 minutes before kickoff. Then they stream along to the turnstiles. I'd probably had a few pints Would you not be better Having them in the concourse Giving their money to the clubs You know And, and doing it in a controlled fashion Fraser Yeah Do it. Do a fan zone and, and I think Alan's right It's always been something I thought was unfair If you've got to 200 quid to, to pay for your Your uh, your hospitality seat You can have a beer But if you have not got that 200 quid You can't And, and it's, it's, it's not just about the alcohol I think it would attract 
families, you could, you could have a fan zone, you could have kids coming along and a lot of the grounds now being modern grounds are slightly out of, out of the centre, you know, you go to St Mern where I was at the weekend, they've got huge areas round the ground, you know, where you could actually have a bit more mm. in terms of, of entertainment, especially it, on, on, on nicer days and, it, and it, it's, it's always been strange to me as well, when you think back to the Glasgow Warriors playing at Firhill, they could play on a Friday night and you can go and sit and have a couple of beers and then you sit in the same seat on a Saturday for part of this week, can you? It's all, it's all based for on a Scottish Cup final 41 well, that, years ago. That's, that's yeah. what I was going to say because if you are John Nelms or Ron Gordon yeah. um, or Dave Cormack or, or anyone actually who's sort of forward thinking and they say, ah, but remember guys, that there was the 1980 Scottish Cup final. It's... That would that would be pretty tough for you to swallow if you were you know if you were them. I'm sure there's certain games you couldn't have it. You know there would be yeah. category games, maybe the derby games. You know across the country where you maybe couldn't have, but many games you could have. You know if it's a Merlin Party Thistle mm-hmm. fans a few years ago were sitting beside each other in a, in a trial. You know so we need to attract people. We need to attract families and females that you were seeing there and children and make it more accessible and make it more of a kind of family day out. And you can do that if you. If, if, you can sit and have a drink and the kids can play away then you're attracting people that will perhaps support your team longer term it's a really good point Alan I will have to leave it there though it always seems to be that these discussions that could go on until midnight uh, kick off at the end of the show that's the way it works on live radio sometimes but thank you Alan stay in touch Um, I'm sure that will come up again in the near future the only thing that's left for us to do gentlemen is to round off this teaser so can you name the 13 players who've played in a UEFA Cup final for Celtic or Rangers and have also played in the top flight for a different Scottish club. You've got Rab Douglas, Paul Lambert, Didier Agat, Jackie McNamara and Ulrich Lawson at Celtic. And for Rangers, Alexander, Broadfoot, Weir, Thompson, Whitaker, Novo, McCulloch. Struggling. It's as obvious as the rest, probably even more so. I mean, if you've got Ulrich Lawson and Didier Agat and Nacho Novo, then you've not got this one. Rangers or Celtic? Rangers. I was doing the commentary for Scott's board. I can picture it. I was here. Right, I'll name the other club he's played for, and you straight away. Ready? Race between the two of you. The other club is Kilmarnock. Boyd. There we go. Chris Boyd. Fraser Wishart wins it. Thank you, Stephen McGowan and Fraser Wishart. Back tomorrow, big night of European action with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson.